Market Watch is proudly brought to you by Top Sport, home of the Top Sport betting multi. Gamble responsibly. Call 1800 858 858. Yeah. Uh, seriously, it's more like 1993 under the Morton Bay Fig than 1993 under the Morton Bay Fig. Uh, here we go again. All right. Uh, NRL Market Watch podcast is proudly brought to you by topsport.com.au, home of the best of the best multis. And of course, the usual suspects are in attendance. I think, I don't know where he is at the moment. I think he's on the uh, Mexico swing uh, trying to pick up the rankings points. The clay court specialist, the dirt baller from way back, now ranked seven. Up there at Top Sport, that's Tristan Merlihan. And, of course, Jared Condon from readingtheplay.com.au after what's been a fabulous, well, first weekend of the Rugby League semifinals and, of course, week one of the NFL. How are we, gentlemen? Yes, very good, Jimmy. And you're right, I am trying to pick up a few ranking points uh, down south. Uh, I might have lost, fortunately, overnight. I stayed a little bit too late last night. So that's uh, that's hindered the, uh, the ranking efforts. But, no, we're... Um, we, we, we've got a big week coming up. We've got two huge games of NRL. We've got the NFL rolling around to week two. Um, and we also had a massive day there last Friday where, you know, Jared will touch on it more. We want to thank everyone for their generosity for the lunch we had. But, you know, anyone in attendance would have heard a couple of those uh, North Sydney Bears stories. So, And the, yeah. the, great, the most amazing thing is now, I, I think we're up to 110 stories that Jared's uh, run through and there's been no duplications. It's great, great to see. <laughs> Uh, gentlemen, yes, if only it was true, but we probably do have a few more stories to add from um, from last Friday. I mean, maybe, Jimmy, down the track, we might end up with a book about um, just our, our uh, podcast and uh, charity bet um, stories. But, gee, what, what about the sport at the moment? I mean, not only did we have opening day in the NFL, we've got the Rugby World Cup. Well, going through the opening rounds is a bit ho-hum, isn't it? I mean... There's a number of teams there just getting flogged by big scores. Once we get to the quarterfinals, it might get a bit interesting, and it's all happening in the AFL. So, um, sport galore at the moment. Yeah, those Paul Conlon and John Scatty MacArthur stories, they never fail to entertain, uh, do they? So, look forward to that. Um, and, yeah, the congratulations to everyone and uh, the generosity showed, and I'm sure that everyone at Pass It On Closing is appreciative of that. Sorry I couldn't be there, but from all reports, are great. And some of the, you know, the the Wolf meeting up with uh, Dorsey and all this sort of stuff, highly emotional stuff. I'm not sure who for, but apparently there was a, a lot of emotion in the room. Uh, all right, a bit of news around with Jack Whiten, and he'll be missing for the South Sydney Rabbitohs for the first three weeks of next year, uh, depending on whether he was going to be selected for the Kangaroos or not. We've got Prime Minister's 13 teams that are out too. We've got... Um, Latrell Mitchell pulling out of the Kangaroos. So a bit of news around, but not deeply impacting on what the games are. First, just before we do get to these games coming up this weekend, Tina Turner, the musical that has been confirmed as the entertainment for the grand final, going head-to-head with uh, Kiss for the AFL. Thoughts, Tristan? You'd have been a Tina Turner fan from way back. Yeah, absolutely. A big, big Tina Turner fan. So very excited about that. And uh, yeah, the uh, the AFL, they've got Kiss out there, as you say, as well. So yes, I'm, I'm very excited to see uh, see how that plays out. And I, I think it's uh, certainly a step up from what we've seen in the last little while. Well, I certainly have a soft spot for Tina Turner. And Jimmy, I was around North when one of those commercials was uh, being filmed. And 
I think we've all agreed in the past some of her music is just uh, legendary status around promoting the game and how much we'd love to see some of it come back. I think it's fantastic for uh, grand final day. So that's uh, that'll be an absolute hoot and um, plenty to look forward to. And, yeah, we'll see you. We'll probably photos of you up in the box, Jimmy, um, jumping around. You'll probably have your kids there um, trying to tell them who Turner Turner is and get them all uh, humming along to the songs. The other thing I will say was, if you can find me someone who ever bought a ticket to a grand final based on who was playing at halftime or pre-game, then uh, yes. I'd like you to I'd like you to point them out. That'd be fair. Unless you're going to roll out ACDC, I'm telling you, no one buys a ticket to the grand final for. Uh, uh, but Jimmy, maybe maybe they probably wouldn't buy one if it was Meatloaf or maybe Kiss <laughs> or um, maybe well, some of the some of the failures we've had in the past. Oh yeah, don't mention Optus when the television fell open and everything nearly fell all over the performance down below. Uh, so uh, yeah, Tina Turner is it. Speaking of, I remember Gavin Jones. He starred in those Tina Turner ads, didn't he? Earlier, big Gav. He was. Yes, I think yes. he fancied himself in front of the camera. He was a good-looking big rooster, wasn't he? Well, what about Mark Soden getting getting a call up? I mean, you know, good old Soto is getting his uh, his head knocked around in the middle of a scrum, and then all of a sudden he's getting polished up with the uh, the gloss spray to be prancing around in a uh, a Tina Turner commercial. Now that's a claim to fame I'd love to have had. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I remember Luke Rickardson had to stay back and not come on the first couple of days of the trip to Hawaii in 1993 because he was filming uh, the Tina Turner ad for the following year. So, um, yeah, I was never asked. Surprise! I know, I'm as surprised as you guys <laughs> about the fact that I didn't get a start in that one. What we do have is a start to the NRL finals uh, again on Friday. It's a patched up Roosters side. We'll get to that very shortly. Uh, taking on the Melbourne Storm down there in Melbourne. Xavier Coates is out. Remus Smith in on the wing. Justin Olam back in and young Tonamapia. So I don't know whether it was dropped or head injury or whatever with young, but he's out. Um, we know Pappy's not going to be there. Alex McDonald recalled to the bench and Grant Anderson is the 18th man. So for the Roosters, no Joey Manu, no Billy Smith, no Joseph Akuso-Swalihi. So they're all out. Paul Momorowski, Corey Allen into the centres, Jackson Barlow onto the wing. First game for Momorowski since round nine and first game for Barlow since round 12 against the Dragons. Where's the market on this one, Tristan? This has seen a very, very strong move for the Storm. So we opened the market up at $1.35 and eight and a half. It's now $1.26 Melbourne, $3.90 the Roosters and 11 and a half the Lions. So it's moved three points. And at that 11 and a half, it's 185 the minus, 195 the plus. So very, very firm um, support for the Melbourne side. 39 and a half the total points, 180 the overs, 195 the under. I'm very keen about the Storm here. Um, I thought I got them right last week and that away trip into Brisbane, where Brisbane had strike in particular, really ripping them apart down that right-hand edge. And I think there's a good reason why there might have been a couple of changes to what they're doing on the wings in the centre here, Jimmy, in addition mm. to Coach's injury. But um, I think they're just a different side when they get back to Melbourne. I don't know that there would be many occasions in the history of Craig Bellamy that or the Storm in semi-finals that we would say that we thought that they probably got something uh, majorly wrong, and but I think they probably did last week. And certainly their seven and their six, I thought, were very, very poor. Harry Grant uh, was only just good. Maybe Craig made some errors with what he did with his lineup in the centres. 
Um, I think they've absolutely worked their tail off this week in Melbourne. They've got a point to prove. I will say their record when they return to Melbourne off a loss is something outstanding this season. They've won their last eight at Amy Park. And on five of the last six occasions where they've had an away loss and then returned back to Melbourne, they've won that next game. And they've only had two losses, which were uh, well apart in all of their games in Melbourne. They're different gravy down here. The Roosters, I thought they were lucky to escape with that win against the Sharks last week. Absolutely limping as you've just gone through, Jimmy. All of those key stats. Then picking themselves up to go on a very difficult away leg into Melbourne. Their record at the line is only three from the last 12 where they've been an underdog like this of six or more. Uh, I thought the line looked a little bit generous, and I think by game time it'll end up probably closer to 13 to 14. And the Storm's record uh, at covering the line in this position is outstanding. I'm very keen about the Storm. I certainly think that they win 13 plus. Um, and Jimmy, very keen about Katoa on the right edge as an anytime try scorer. And if you were to take the 13 plus Storm into Katoa all up, anytime try scorer. Around 5.73. I think that might be a nice result. Okay. Is that at Sammy Walker, uh, Katoa? Uh, or no, uh, that's Luke Keary. No. Luke Keary. Yes. Yeah, right. It's interesting. I'm looking at this Roosters side and, you know, we know the, the, the injuries that they've got. Um, I, if I'm Trent Robinson, I'm talking about all the opportunities that they had that they butchered against the, the Sharkies because they created so many opportunities, mostly down the right-hand side, and that's mostly... Manu and Swalihi, who who aren't there, so I think you know that's that's something that he can talk about as well. The other thing he can talk about is the fact that this is not a Melbourne Storm side of years gone by, right? This is a, a very different side. So if if I'm Trent Robinson, I'm talking about knock them down, drag them out. Let's let's get down and dirty, and let's let's get into a fight here um, and see how they come up. Because if you think about that game against the Broncos last week, they were absolutely lambs to the slaughter until Nelson Asifa-Solomona got onto the field. And that was at a... I don't know why Craig Bellamy left it so late at the 25-minute mark. And it almost had immediate impact, didn't it? Like uh, Xavier Coates nearly got across for a try and they were going to be 6-4 kick to come. So um, all he, you know, he unfortunately dropped it from his perspective. So I look at the bench and think about who they might be able to bring in is there Nafahu White that comes into the side that you put Siwa Wong out into the centres instead of Momorowski and you say, well, you're taking on Justin Olam. You're not taking on Ronaldo Mulatalo who ran around you last week, but Justin Olam's not going to run around you. He might try and run through you, but um, I think that's a way that they can play. The other thing about it is I think the Melbourne Storm, Craig Bellamy just talked to his team in particular. I think the two players, I thought Jerome Hughes was okay. His effort was was really, really strong. Some really good cover defence there. But Munster and Harry Grant were really poor, uh, like as poor as I've ever seen them play. And I think there's a little bit of, hey, guys, you're our million-dollar players and there's a reason for that. You know, you can go and play for Queensland and play well. That's great. But right here, right now, this is when we need you. So uh, I'd imagine that's the, the conversation that Craig Bellamy is having with these guys. Um, so I do anticipate a response, but I'm not sure this is the Melbourne Storm that can um, blow away teams either. So, uh, you know, personally, I would have had far longer into the side. I thought he was spectacular in his one game and he's a real X actor for them. So I don't mind the Roosters at the plus 11 and a half or, Jared, do I wait a little bit and get them at plus 12 and a half or plus 13 and a half as suggested? 
Well, Jimmy, if you wanted to bet two lunch bets, you could take the 13 and a half today. So I could take 13 and a half today. Yeah. If you if it's two lunch bets. So you need me to take the 11 and a half to get the 13 and a half. Is that how it works? It's like a waterfall arrangement. No, no. If, if, if you want to take the 11 and a half, I'll do that for one lunch bet. If you want to take the 13 and a half, I'll do that for two lunch bets. What about the floater? What's happening with the floater out the back there? I want to. I want to just see how confident you are, and if you take these two lunch bets or one lunch bet first, Jimmy. So I'll let you guys uh, negotiate your terms, and then I'll see where I sit at the back end of that. <laughs> I'll accept both. Oh, okay. So we've got a three bet. No, two bets. So I've got yeah, the Roosters okay. plus eleven and a half. So if the Roosters, if Melbourne win by twelve, we split them one one. Yes. Okay. All right. So if the Roosters, no, 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 no. it's it's two lunch bets at thirteen plus. And one lunch. Why, bet. why wouldn't I just wait till the market gets there? Yeah, but I won't answer the WhatsApp. <laughs> What's new? <laughs> now, all right then. All right. I, no, I, I'll just have it on the eleven and a half. Thanks. Okay, so just one yeah. on the eleven and a half. Okay. Yeah. What about mm. you, floater? Uh, no, I. I'm very uncertain about this game. I, I tend to agree with you, Jimmy, but. Unlike you, I'm not going to jump in at the 11 and a half. I'm going to hold on. And Jared, Jared always picks up my calls late. So I'll let you two go head to head oh, at the 11 oh, and a half. Oh. But we, we, might, we might slide in at 13 and a half a bit later on. Mate, unbelievable. Fair you enough. can see the Storm winning by 12 here and Jimmy screaming for two days, can't you? Now, if, if the Storm win by 12, I tell you what, you may not hear from me till next Thursday. So uh, we'll just have to wait and see. So let's go on to the game on Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening in New Zealand time. This one at Go Media Stadium. So well done, NRL. You locked out 25,000 last week and you're going to lock out 25,000 this week. So Sean Johnson is named. That's big. Still not training with the team from what I understand. Dylan Walker back to the bench. Freddie Lussick, 18th man. And then for the Knights, no Jackson Hastings, no Lachlan Fitzgibbon. I thought it interesting they didn't even name them. So Adam Clune in at halfback. Dylan Lucas straight into the start side. Adam Elliott, we thought he might have been out after that high tackle. He escaped with a fine. He'll be right to take his spot. Where's the market on the second semifinal, Tristan? Yeah, there's been a bit of activity on this game, but there's been support both ways. So it's $1.52 the Warriors, two fifty five the Knights. Five and a half is the line. We laid the Warriors initially. Now we've laid some money on the plus, and it's plus five and a half, 186. The minus is 194, and 41 and a half for total points. That game on Sunday was crazy. There was a lot of multis rolling into the Knights at the really short odds, and uh, the Raiders jumped them, and they, they looked a chance uh, for a while. And then, then the Knights put on three or four really quick tries, and you, and you thought they were just going to blow the game away and win by 20 at that point. And, and then they, they, they couldn't quite finish off and got the job done an extra time. So... I don't really know what to make of that effort. And, and Penrith are just way too strong for the Warriors without Johnson. Obviously, him back into that side's a massive inclusion. So, five and a half. Um, no, I, I think it seems like a big number to me. I, I think the Knights have still got a bit of upside there. And uh, and, and I'd, I'd, uh, I'll, we'll see which way Jared wants to lean here. Well, I, I think the, the tables get reversed here. And, and I think in the favour of the Knights this week, because clearly last weekend, shooting for their 10th straight victory, which they ended up getting an extra time, um, there was so much expectation. They had a full house, all that focus. Uh, the market suggested that they should have just been winning. You know, 13 and a half might have got out a little wider uh, late, yet they end up in a, uh, a draw at full time in extra time and then just get home. 
I think this week now it reverses for the Warriors that they're going to be at home in Auckland with the full house. Not only the expectation of all of their supporters and all of that focus, but it's also the whole nation. You know, the everybody in New Zealand is just behind them here, but then that just creates so much focus and expectation around them to perform. Whereas the Knights just fly in here under the radar. Their record, they've won five of the last seven against the Warriors. Their record against the line against them is very good. Their record in a position where they're, you know, plus five to plus six position is also very good. And they've won their last four away games as well as the mix of their home games. Whereas the Warriors, I've been saying for weeks, I just haven't liked the strength around what they're doing or the form uh, at the at the line. They've been horrible. Their last seven outings, they've not covered the line. Um, I'd love six. I'll take five and a half. I think the Knights can cause an upset. I'm with the Knights to win, and I want to be with the plus. Yeah, a little surprised at the prices on this one. I agree. So, uh, Sean Johnson, the Sean Johnson question is 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 there, right? And um, uh, a bloke 32 years of age with a calf muscle injury, mm, okay, if he does it, then that's it. He has to come off because, you know, that you just become a spot in defence every single time if you can't push off that that calf muscle. Uh, and so that's going to be a concern for them, especially given the fact he's still not training with the team right now. I think Kalen's still injured. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But he just got it done last week. It was one of those interesting situations. It, it had the sense, boys, that Newcastle had read the press during the week and they said, yeah, We've got this really great shape down the left-hand side. We'll put that on. Canberra got this issue of her on their left-hand side defence, so we'll go down there. And it felt like they said, all right, we'll turn up and it'll happen, and it didn't. And the Raiders came, and they were physical, uh, and they 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 had to use all of their elite players, and I'm talking mostly Kalen, but certainly Dane Gagai in the second half, Dom Young as well, to get them out of trouble because they were in, in – huge amount of trouble and still they couldn't put the Canberra Raiders away. So um, great, brave performance from the Raiders, but just a little complacency you would have thought getting in from the Knights. I don't see that happening this week. Obviously the travel is an issue. They're going over. uh, Well, my understanding was busing down today and then that's the Wednesday and then flying over on the Thursday to get ready for the Saturday afternoon game in front of that crowd. I like the Knights plus five and a half. Uh, and, and for a lot of the reasons is underwhelmed by what the Warriors have been doing of late and then the question mark around Sean Johnson. So, um, Kalen, he, he feels like he's up for the challenge, doesn't he? So, uh, I'm, I'm Knights plus five and a half as well. So, we're all nodding on that one, aren't we? We are. We are. And, and Jimmy, just on that, I mean, you know, I know he's great at waxing lyrical after after the event, Ricky, and his press conference and talking up the Raiders and God knows what. But where's that been for the last couple of months? You know, I mean, that that was by far their best effort since their upset win over the Broncos going back in, I don't know, what was that, week five or week six? You know, and yet he sat there and talked about the fact that they nearly made the top th- uh, the top four. I mean, they were miles away from the top four because they'd lost five of their last seven. They were outstanding last weekend, the Raiders, and um, I thought there were stages where the Knights struggled to go with them. Um, I, I think one of the other keys here is that the Warriors have got some problems in particular uh, defending those outside edges, which I've touched on in previous we- weeks. But I think on that left edge, and um, I think with Kalen not servicing the the outside left edge as strongly as he has, um, that 
I'd be working around the two wingers as any time try scorers, but also Gagai on that right edge. Yeah, well, that was funny, right? So we had our two wingers any time try scorers. They got there, no, no worries, but it not. Well, they got there, but it wasn't quite the manner in which we anticipated. It was really interesting, wasn't it? Tim McCall just coming up, getting ahead of the line and just making it, well, I have to pass to Fitzgibbon. I can't go out the back because there's the intercept threat there. Uh, and and it might have given a blueprint about how the Warriors can play that. Rocco Berry is that defender on that uh, right-hand side for them. But uh, you would think that Adam O'Brien and the Brains Trust up there at Newcastle are looking at ways to do it. The only problem is that they haven't got Lock on Fitzgibbon as that front runner. In saying that, I think Dylan Lucas is a really good young player. The, the yeah, bits that we've seen. Yeah, so um, they they do have someone that they could go to there. So um, and Clune yeah. in for Hastings, that's a that's a little bit of a concern for me as well. Well, and I, I thought they also dodged a bullet with um, with Elliot being able to play. I think that's a big plus for them, Jimmy. I know that you know Dom Young is is just a try scorer and he's such a big body, he's so powerful on the edge. But I got to tell you, he's got some major issues in defence. Uh, yeah. There were a couple of moments last weekend he was just not interested. They've got a lot of work to do to get that right next next year at the Roosters because he's being exposed in these big games where there's a lot of people watching, and that'll give um, coaches a fair bit to try and target next year. But yeah, you know, we've got two uh, two big crowds, but you know the atmosphere at this game um, in Auckland will just be outstanding. And isn't it fantastic to see the Warriors coming from where they were a couple of years ago and you know al- almost um, you know crawling back into New Zealand to try and restart this season and now be into a, a, a key semi-final in week two in front of a full house at home and feeding their supporters. I mean that is just outstanding for the game. Yeah, just on Dom Young, he actually went for the intercept on a two-on-two situation, didn't he, for the Schiller's Schiller's second try. So that was um, crazy on that one. Yeah, it is. The Warriors, um, it's fantastic. And we all sung the praises of Andrew Webster all year. All right, Jared, you better give us your tips, uh, your best bet. I think we know them. Yeah, Jimmy, I'm uh, I'm certainly keen on the Storm 13+. plus. Uh, Happy to make that the best of the week, $1.99. Um, and certainly, I'm, I'm with the, the Knights. I think they can cause the upset and win. If I had to pick a margin, probably by four. Probably looks uh, close in the end, but I think the Knights can uh, squeak home and just maybe be a little bit more loose this week. All right. Uh, there we go. Uh, T, what do you got? Yeah, I'm going to take our staking plan to the football, and I'm going to take the Knights, and I'm going to go 60 on the plus, five and a half at the dollar eighty six, and then forty on them to win the game at two dollars fifty five. I think, I think they're a big chance of causing an upset this weekend. Can I follow you in? I'll follow you in. There. I'll float. I'll be the float around the back, Jaden Campbell style. All right. I'll do. I'll do the old sixty forty as well. There we go. So uh, the 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 dual staking plan. That's good to see. I don't think we've ever lost once we've done the dual staking plan. No, no, I like that. That's that's very good. No, and, and Jimmy, we yeah. we we should probably just touch before we get to a a couple of other key points that um, we did pick up a little bit of money last weekend with um, with uh, a couple of uh, I think we ended up with uh, two football bets that uh, got home for us, two NRL bets plus a, a racing tip. But most notably, uh, we've got to update our starting balance from this week onwards once um, Tristan's back from Hawaii. But I think. Um, the donation last Friday was uh, 33,218, which is just absolutely amazing, and 10,000 up on where we were a year before. So just on the back of your congratulations earlier, there were so many people that just, um, 
you know, went above and beyond in, in donating it. And most notably, Shane Flanagan, he, he ended up coming up with, um, with Chris with a very special auction item on the day that sold for um, a great amount of money and everybody else around the room were great contributors. So we start again. We'll come up with that balance next week. But the good thing was we picked something up on the weekend. Um, Jimmy, uh, something you like in the racing? Have you got there yet? No, I haven't got oh, there just yet. Before, hang on, just just yeah. before we get on there, like I, I noticed that Jimmy was uh, neglected to talk about the lunch bets um, at, at the start of the program, which I, I'm I'm surprised as to what the cause might have been. But Jared, have you just got a table there that we can quickly run through the lunch bet oh. tally? Uh, well, please? if if you do insist, uh, Tristan, yes, uh, Jimmy was a minus two last weekend. Tristan ended up square. Jared a plus two. But it does now make that lead only uh, only nine now, Jimmy's in front. I think it was about 37 a couple of weeks ago. So we still haven't got to the clock tower, let's hope. Uh, so we've got Jimmy on 10, me on plus one, and uh, Tristan certainly sitting in third. But, yes, I'm glad that we uh, we did get to that. Anything you wanted to add to the lunch bed table, Jimmy? Looking forward to week two of the NFL also. So uh, that be... when is this bloody clock tower coming up too, by the way? Is there a natural end to this? I thought. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're 31st December, mate. Same as last year when you did actually win it. So you're trying to hold on to the trophy back to back years. All right. Yeah. That's like the Panthers, hey? Go the Panthers. <laughs> um, so I haven't got a racing tip. We're a little bit early on the, on the Wednesday for that. I don't know whether you have one, Jared. do you? I, I do, Jimmy. Yes, I do. Uh, let's go to Ramwick Race 5. Gee, what a good meeting at Ramwick this week. We've got four group races and then a, a stakes race. Uh, we've got the shorts with all the sprinters trying to line up and and uh, try and pick up spots into the Everest. And um, I think Remark's running in that. How, how big a result was that from it two weeks ago? But let, let's go to the Stayers Race, uh, which I think is a group three. 2,000 metres Race 5 at Ramwick. I do like the Waller trained number 15, Al Abia. Maybe we just might go a hundred bucks on the, on the uh, top flux, Tristan, for that for Saturday. Um, I, I think it's had two nice runs back. It's got very good form over 2000 to 2400. So I think it's ready to uh, give that race a bit of a shake. And I think Tristan's got a, a runner in, is it a group three or a group one, Tristan? Uh, it's not a group one, but yes, we, uh, we, I think it might be, might be a group two, I think. Uh, race six, the Darley T-Rose Stakes, uh, over 1,400, some 11. Uh, it is number 14. It's at $19. I think it is a very, very good price. This is its optimal trip, and I certainly think it is worth a little something each way. I'm going to go 50 by 50. That's race six, number 14, some 11, at the $19 and $4.80. And wow. you finally drew a gate, I saw. Yeah, finally drew a gate, uh, barrier eight. So, I um, mean, you know, you, you know your, your barrier runs been out when you're celebrating eight out of sixteen, but it's certainly <laughs> the other uh, the best best draw it's had for, for virtually all its career. Um, regular listener five five four will be very excited about that. No doubt, I'll hear from him over the next couple of days about summer loving. Jimmy, Jimmy, it'd be absolutely a miss of me not to mention, and you'll get hounded for the next three days on radio. But uh, your good friend, uh, the Wolf. Happened to declare something at the lunch last Friday, racing on Saturday, grabbed hold of the microphone and wanted everybody in the room to know that uh, NCAP would be winning on Saturday. And that it did at about $4.60. And, uh, gee, I think I got punished with messages for the next three days. But, yes, he did declare a winner. So um, 
I think many in the room might have followed that one as well. So a shout out to the, uh, uh, the Wolf, uh, Don, who uh, also he and his table were incredibly generous in their support on the day. Welcome to my world, Jared. The, the Wolf, <laughs> so the wolf is sending in rubbish text messages. So there you go. Now, gents, for whatever reason, we're going to wrap this up in four minutes. But uh, I reckon we've got NFL week two just about covered. Have you got anything for us there? What about uh, the headline acts coming out of week one? And oh, dear, poor Aaron Rodgers, Jared. Oh, well, Jimmy, uh, we were going into the lunch last week and Jim, uh, and Tristan was taking three steps to one uh, on the way up to lunch with the Lions just getting home in the last couple of minutes over the Chiefs. Well, I thought the other three nice results out of the weekend, the Browns with a nice result over the Bengals, they certainly have their, their measure. The 49ers, the Cowboys, and what about Rogers? Wow. Uh, listen, I thought this weekend, I thought there were three clear favourites that I thought a nice all up. The Eagles, the 49ers, and the Cowboys, those three favourites, all up about $1.96 at Top Sport. Might be a nice way to start week two of the NFL. Uh, tell us why you're backing Detroit this week, Tristan. Well, they're taking on your Seattle, Jimmy. They're $1.38 uh, firm favourites. You might even switch to the Lions, I reckon, by the end of this season. <laughs> I, 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 I can see. I might have to get a, get a little shirt sent down. But uh, the Lions, $1.38. Seattle, $3.6 flat. Yeah, they're, they're into, I assume they're into second favourite now for the Super Bowl. They can't be any longer than that. But no, they're actually $18. It was a, it was a good win, but obviously no Kelsey. We, we know how big a loss he is when he's out of that side. So... Yeah, some very interesting games. I, I'm like Jared. I really like how Cleveland went. I think all that controversy over Deshaun Watson over the last years, I think everyone's forgotten how good a quarterback he actually is. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing how they go this weekend as well. Well, look out for the 49ers, gentlemen. They just looked outstanding on... Uh, on. Hey, Jimmy, did you notice all those Detroit fans who made their way to Arrowhead last weekend to watch that opening game? Did you see why they're all there? No. Well, that's the first. That's the first time they've ever seen a premiership flag hoisted. There you go. There you go. There you go. The I might Super Bowl be a, flag. I might be a Detroit fan by the end of the podcast. Forget about the end of the season. So, um, uh, San Francisco, yeah, limitations around that. Like Christian McCaffrey was outstanding, and Kyle Shanahan's a genius. But um, we'll wait and see on that one. I'm going to go to the uh, Vikings Eagles game, and my man Kirk Cousins is going to provide plenty of uh, first downs for the Vikings and points. So the plus seven, Jared, the Minnesota Vikings plus seven at $1.85. I see that's come in a little bit too against the Philadelphia Eagles. Don't be concerned too much about the lack of points last time. Plenty of completions there and, and yards for the Vikings. So Kirk Cousins gets it done. Plus seven. Jimmy, Jimmy <laughs> should we have our should we have our first NFL lunch bet on that one? At the plus seven? Well, I'm I'm happy to take the Eagles at the minus seven. Yeah, why not? Why not? There we go. I don't know whether you saw in the coverage on uh, on on Monday and Tuesday our time the NFL's new ads in the US mm. uh, promoting the season and and the one with Kurt Cousins there he's got the shirt off with all the uh, all the big cha- uh, silver chains and gold chains around his neck it's a very clever ad. Uh, he's a he's a unique individual Kurt Cousins a massive nerd playing in the NFL so there you go. Yeah. Uh, we'll find out all about himself this week against the Eagles Jimmy. Yeah he'll be right no worries. Uh, all right, gents, weekend of footy racing and NFL doesn't get better than that. Enjoy that. We'll do it again next week. Thank, Thank you, gentlemen.
Reading the Play is Australia's favourite source of NRL and horse racing tips. Our professional analysts provide the sporting enthusiasts with the best of the best. Get the best professional tips and previews from our tipsters direct to your phone. Readingtheplay.com.